All right. Welcome to Tea for Lunch, a weekly show powered by Arcade Studios. Each week, we'll be serving you the top stories we're following in social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch the show live on Instagram Wednesdays at about 1230 Mountain Time or on all podcast providers and YouTube on Thursdays. We're your hosts this week, Harrison. And Mike. 15 minutes or less. I feel like that's a challenge these days. The last couple episodes, I mean, we're maybe been, more like 16 or 17. We've been, we've been kind of averaging between like 14 and 17, I guess. Okay. So yeah. in the end of the day, we average out at 15. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what this, if this one's a longer one or a shorter one. What do you think? I don't know. Depends I, on... I feel like we can both be pretty long-winded about these topics. So. That's true. I think, yeah, it's, it's stuff that I think we're like excited to talk about. So All right. If we uh, if we're going over time, then someone just smash the like button a bunch of times so we get the exactly. get the memo. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, how's that? your week going, man? It's good. Yeah. It's uh it's good. Just working, doing doing lots of stuff, gearing up for the holidays. How about you? Yeah. Same. I feel like most years running an agency like ours this time of year is really really busy, almost chaotic. Um, but this year, I feel like it's a little better. Not to say it's not busy it definitely is busy and i feel like especially for the creative team i mean i feel like it's very like controlled like i wouldn't say like it's like like i don't know i'm trying to think of like if it would normally be something like chaotic neutral or something i feel like we're we're in like lawful good territory yeah and in past years it's never been it's never been like really within the realm of control chaos Mm. it's it's always been like survive this chaos yeah. so anything better than that is is good it feels like it's like properly compartmentalized and then there's just like a bunch of little hives doing nice. a lot of good work well i think if the creative team which is your team um the team that you're on if if you guys are surviving then i think everyone's good yeah it's good cool um we just had our holiday party we did that was your first one with the team yeah what yeah. do you think it was a blast it like exceeded every expectation and I'll tell you what exceeded my expectation was you and Carly doing karaoke. <laughs> that, that was so much fun. So good. It was a blast. I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that like, I love doing karaoke because it's, it's like even playing field for everyone to like get out of their comfort zone and have fun. And I just love music too. So it's like, a, I don't know. I, I don't know kinda, if it's an even I, playing field. Like, <laughs> no, every, I feel everyone like on the team, like, I would say is, is like sufficiently good at karaoke, but like you and your partner just elevated well, the, the bar. <laughs> thank for sure, you. I don't know. Sure. I just, I don't know. I love uh, it. Everyone, it's so just fun. for context, like everyone was visiting karaoke was the last piece of the evening, which the last piece being like two or three hours, but everyone was visiting <laughs> while people were starting to get into karaoke. And then Harrison and Carly get up there and start singing. What was the first song that you It did? was out of time by the weekend. Yes. By the weekend. And it was like, as soon as you guys started in on the verse, suddenly everyone stopped visiting and just like, focused on you that, as if we had hired you guys as the entertainment. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, like, I don't know. My, my focus was just like, I, I picked the song cause I was like, Oh, I really like this song. And then the moment it started, it was like, all right, get through it, read the words, like do it. Like I definitely kind of had to like check myself a little bit when yeah. I got up there and I was like, do I know this song as well as I think I do? <laughs> but <laughs> well, no. you, you faked it. Well, I mean, everyone killed it. Like Thanks, everyone man. did such a good job. You it missed so me doing fun. bound Two. I know. And I was prying all night to try and get you on stage, Mike. It took a while. I had to warm up to it, but eventually I got up there. Well, I'm proud of you. I know there's mixed feelings about Kanye West right now, but that song just doesn't get old. It goes. It has no expiry date. Exactly. 
Cool. Well, yeah, the holiday party was a blast. Shout out to Mitzi and the party planning committee for making it what it was. Absolutely. It was um, great. We're going to run it back in April for our five-year anniversary as a company. So not too long until we get to do it all again. But um, yeah, that'll carry us through for sure. Mm-hmm. Should we get into the first bit of news? Let's do it. All right. I, I'll take this one because uh, it's more boring than the rest of them. We're starting slow and working our way up, but you got to know what's going on with Meta. So Meta is threatening to re- remove news content from Facebook in the U.S. And no, this isn't them trying to improve humanity by removing news from your content feeds. This is just them not wanting to pay money to news sources. <laughs> so they've said that they will be forced to consider removing news from the platform if Congress passes legislation requiring tech companies to pay news outlets for their material, which seems like a no-brainer. You know, like we pay creators, we pay independent um, like content producers and stuff like that. But for some reason, news outlets just miss the boat on that kind of stuff. And Facebook or, or Meta, I guess, doesn't want to doesn't want to change the way it's been going. Um, But essentially, if the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act gets passed, it would allow news companies to negotiate with social media platforms over the terms for their material to appear on sites. Meta says they'd rather pull news altogether from their product, their platform, than to submit to government mandate negotiations. When you say it like that, it sounds like this noble cause, especially in light of the last few years, but it just isn't. Um, They actually recently went through a similar process in Australia where they temporarily temporarily blocked news before coming to an agreement with Australian publishers, which that means that essentially they tried to, to pull out, but then in the end ended up settling and agreeing to pay publishers. So I'm not sure if this is just kind of like a flex to try and influence the process, but in the end they'll cave. But I think it would probably improve things if there was transactions being made because it would just clarify um, who the credited new or the credible news sources are compared to all these like, independent, um, biased people sharing misinformation. Hot mm-hmm. take, I know. but No, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it's definitely one of those things where, you know, journalism has shifted so drastically. And I guess, like, what's considered journalism now has, like, con- has, like shifted so drastically um, that the credibility thing is, like, really, really important. And I feel like at this point, like, especially with the last, like, few years, like, I think more crucial than anything. So, um, I agree. Like, it doesn't necessarily seem, like, kind of beyond the face of it, like, the most, like, noble cause. But um, I I definitely, like, align with, you know, kind of putting some barriers in place to, like, make sure that the credibility is there. Right. Yeah. That people are essentially being, like, held accountable, like, by the dollar. Yeah, and I wonder, even as we're talking, I kind of wonder if there's like a reverse approach along these lines that might work better than just like labeling, meta-labeling what content they think might be misinformation or or inaccurate. Because I feel like that feels like censorship and that's something that matters to a lot of people. But I wonder if there was like a reverse approach where similar to actually paying credible news sources for their content, there's actually kind of like a badge of like an accredited news source that affirms the type of content that is verified like a twitter blue that actually means something that you're not just paying eight (laughs) dollars a month for yeah Yeah. but that actually means that it's been vetted like you've been vetted as a news source yep even if like not every single story is vetted and then that's a verification status that you can lose potentially if you if you breach it or something like that i don't know that feels to me less like censorship because it's more of like a positive affirmation versus like a negative flag on content and i feel like it kind of like takes a, a term that we like see every day terms of use and like terms of service online and it 
you know, I think kind of like puts a little bit more, like a little bit more like bone marrow into it, you know, like in, in the sense of just kind of, you know, we, we hit agree on like so many terms and conditions throughout our lifetime. Um, but like having a business do that and being like, if you actually don't agree or at some point, like you start providing us like, like non-credible news, like this is something we can revoke because you're going against our terms of use where I feel like just as like regular social media users, terms of use in terms of service is like not something that we like, I think put a lot of thought into when we're using a platform, but I feel like for a business having that kind of outline and penalty, even yeah. like if it's not followed, I feel like could kind of like shift to yeah yeah i like it i like it i feel like maybe the reason meta hasn't done that is because it would maybe limit their ability to actually have like political influence in the in the news that is circulated i don't know if you've seen the twitter files and we're getting way off into the weeds on this so it'll probably be a 17 minute minute or but 30 um i don't know if you've seen the twitter files that have been leaked since elon took over on twitter about like all the political influence that um during the the Biden election. Um, and it wasn't just the democratic party. It was also the Republican party, but internally Twitter employees and especially the leadership just skewed so heavily to Democrat that Mm. there was inevitably more democratic favored, um, content on the platform. All that to say, um, these social platforms do get influenced by political parties and there are like inside tracks to like, deplatforming certain content and then yeah. also like accelerating certain content in favor of specific narratives. Totally. And then I think that's kind of why online we see such like a fast and like intense pendulum swing to like the other end because, you know, it right. feels like so many things are under the pressure of like this one thing or like kind of like under the viewpoint of this one thing that the the anti that just like kind of like busts out of the woodwork mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, seeping out it's like yeah yeah. it's interesting it's interesting what a crazy world yeah you want to go to the next one let's do it so uh an open ai uh platform called chat gpt is taking the internet by storm uh open ai recently unveiled chat gpt which is a bot that can help with tasks from writing to coding and more things uh people have been sharing their different pieces of copy or code written by the platform to their social media with both with both positive and negative reviews. Uh some have used it to write full emails, software and things like that. Um but there's also been a lot of concerns raised about the bot showing like a lot of anti-human, racist or sexist biases. Um overall, I think it opens up the question about the future of AI in all industries and what our utilization looks like. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think? Man, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has a lot of potential. Of course, it is early. And I think it's it's really interesting because a lot of us grew up first without internet and then with internet becoming a thing and then without search engines like Google and then Google and others becoming so influential um, and so valuable. Um, and then, of, of course, like the dawn of social media and stuff like that. So now I think AI is another kind of one of those waves along with Web3 and crypto and like decentralization and all that stuff. Not that it's at all the same, but I feel like it could have similar levels of influence on the way we consume and also produce content and information. Um, and I think to clarify as well, we're talking about chat GPT and the GPT refers to a specific type of AI language. Um, that I think OpenAI was the one that developed. Um, initially, GPT, 
GPT-2 was the previous AI language and it was less polished. It was less um, populated. Yeah, it was definitely more of like just kind of a beta exploration. Less historically accurate, stuff like that. And then GPT-3 is the newer version of that, which kind of launched in tandem with chat GPT. That was like one of their new products that they're experimenting with. And they got a million users in five days. Seriously. Yeah. Like there's been a serious uptick in use, but I think we're all just curious at this stage and we want to try it. Um, some people that won't, that don't do the research will likely be like, Oh AI is going to replace us all. None of us are going to have jobs and robots are going to take over. And that's just not the case. I feel like that has kind of that conversation has kind of been happening at different stages, like <laughs> right. since the inception of the internet, like everyone kind of sees a new technological advancement and they're just kind of like, okay, is Y2K happening now? Or is right. Y2K happening now? You know? So yeah. I feel like that, that conversation is inevitable, but you know, I just, I, I think it's like AI is something that I think we're bless you. Um, I think it's something we're harnessing right now in like a pretty cool way. And I'd say, just given the history of the wild west of the internet, I'm happy it's being like harnessed in a more like responsible way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. And I think inevitably with anything new like that, you're going to have people that exploit it or like try to take advantage of it, use it for maybe less than, um, positive outcomes, but yeah. the, the general public, the masses will likely find really interesting ways to benefit from it. Yeah. Um, and I, even when you're talking about how like things have changed at different times, I, I was remember remembering that I was doing some research a while ago. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it might've been on the negative effects of social media. Cause of course, social media is a big part of what we do. And there was, there was writers that were kind of pointing back to different eras in time, like centuries ago, even like thousands of years ago when like reading first became more of like a mass, um, activity mm-hmm. where previously it was more like reserved to the scholars, like the few scholars in any village or city. And even then reading was perceived as something that was going to like, um, pollute people's minds and like make them less right. like social and like stuff like that. So it's crazy. Cause we would never think of reading as like a negative thing. Now that's like where you get knowledge it's, and education. It's like so grow. fundamental. For right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. It's how you learn. So I think the way that people view things when they first kind of bubble to the surface versus the way we view them centuries later, or even thousands of years later, I think it'll, we'll, we'll see all the positive benefits as we go. Yeah. I mean, like also kind of in a way, just to like piggyback on that point too, like, again, just given the different like eras that the internet has gone through, not only is it understandable, for people to kind of be a bit more skeptical, but I think I also like prefer it a little bit. Like, I think I prefer like something new being met with like caution. Yeah. Caution and like being a bit more inquisitive, you know, and not necessarily like just kind of like jumping in head first. Cause I think there's like so much that goes into developing AI and things like that, that, you know, we on a surface level don't necessarily understand. And I think just kind of having that in the back of our head while we use it, mm-hmm. will have i think a more like general population of of society use it in a more like safer way yeah so yeah yeah. that's a good point and i think we should speak to like the bias concerns as well for Um, sure just the way it works um at least gpt is that it essentially scrapes the internet and like content repositories and stuff like that for the information and for its own like machine learning so inevitably there's content on the internet that has biases and is like like racist to its core and stuff like that. So we're going to end up with some samples of, um, racist or even like sexist or, um, 
or uh, discriminatory content that mm-hmm. leaks in. Um, there's there are safety parameters in place for like extreme cases, but I think really it's a matter of people using it responsibly and also totally not just taking whatever the AI bot spews out in the form of an article or an email or a social caption, but actually like still looking at it through a human lens and editing it and refining it to be true and accurate and also like inclusive. Totally. And I think with AI too, it's like, you know, it's constantly learning. So it's like, if it's producing something where we're like, Hey, don't produce that. It'll be like, Oh, okay. And then it'll like try and find an alternative or like switch direction or, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know too much it about like, the technological back end, but yeah, like yeah. It, take, it takes feedback and, you know, it's a bit more of just kind of like a ones and zeros process. Exactly. Is, you know, we can, we're still learning, but I think we can like get it to be like reflective of where we want to be as a society. Yeah. And it's something that we can just weave into what we're doing. It For sure. can facilitate or like be a catalyst to the content that we're producing, but it's not necessarily just the something that will replace people altogether. Exactly. And I think to that point too, like one thing that I find exciting about AI is like using it kind of in partnership with the human mind and like the human capabilities. Right. And um, like the same way, like musicians use samples right? It's like, you know, like something like chat GPT is generating a paragraph that you can then go in and edit and you can add your own flair to it and things like that. And I feel the same way about like musicians using samples. Like it's like you're grabbing something Mm. that can, you know, kind of be a source of inspiration and then like dive deeper and like add a bit more of you and like a bit more of like what it's, yeah, what you're trying to like get as the final product. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a percentage. It's not the whole yeah. the whole product. It's not for the sure. whole pie. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to really heavily influence marketing among other industries. Um, we're excited to explore how we can integrate it into our processes in in 2023. One of the best ones we've seen so far is called Jasper.ai. It used to be called Jarvis, which I think is a reference to Iron Man. Yeah. And his AI partner. But really, when you think about it, we've been using AI in smaller samples for a long time. Like even just spell check is an AI function. And Grammarly is a popular version of that that people use as a Chrome extension or just a tool on their computers. Um, but this is just expanding that into other areas, actual content generation and rewriting and stuff like that. So um, the future, I think it's also going towards video creation and mm-hmm. stuff like that too, which could be really interesting. Um, but for now, it's just kind of like you said, just a layer, just a sample, just a piece of what we're exactly. putting together. So it's cool. AI it's coming in hot. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, for the last story of the day, complex has released its list of the best brands of 2022. This list celebrates luxury fashion labels and streetwear brands, which is fun for you and me to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, they've presented exciting garments designed with thought in 2022. Top of the list is a brand that we've talked about before. It's Aimee Leon Dor. Um, they've been celebrated for opening a new flagship location in London, which if you haven't seen it, it's beautiful. It's a really cool space that I want to visit someday. They've also built partnerships with New Balance um, and Woolrich. They've opened a community gym in New York City, and they've worked with artists in New York like Grotesque, as an example. So they're just busy. Um, there's also some other brands that have been mentioned, of course, like Awake New York. Um, they did a t-shirt... F- by Shirt King Fade, which raised over $85,000 for victims of the 2022 Bronx apartment fire, which many of us saw on the news, and more. There's other brands that many people will recognize, like Louis Vuitton, for their involvement in the Tyler the Creator composition for their fall-winter collection, and then the presentation of Virgil Abloh's final collection, uh, which a lot of us saw. There's more, like New Balance, Supreme, Human Made, Denim Tears. Which one stood out to you? Uh, 
Stussy definitely stood out to me. Like it's a brand that I've been a fan of for like a long time. And I think just seeing their growth and originality that they bring to a new collection each season, but you know, especially with like their eight ball and their font, like they still stay so true to them. And it's something that you don't necessarily see a lot in fashion, like on a streetwear level, like you'll, you'll see like, brand emblems being used like throughout collections especially in like burberry or like gucci or things like that but to see like stussy kind of keep a, a very similar um like overarching brand concept like kind of go throughout each of their collections over like the last few decades is is like really really cool and what else what the other thing i like about them is they've managed to do it and stay relevant and even like stand up next to other like premium streetwear and fashion brands for sure while maintaining a really approachable price point and i think they kind of like grandfathered like a lot of just general vibes and like aesthetics that we're yes. seeing in streetwear and yeah um i mean seeing supreme on it this many years down the road um is awesome like i feel like like I, I never really was like big on, on buying like the big Supreme drops and things like that. But, um, it, it's, it's cool to see a brand that I think a lot of people thought was going to be this massive flash in the pan for what defined streetwear kind of seeing it. Like they're still doing exactly what they were doing before. Like that, that like peak flash in the pan moment, right? Like they're just like creating really cool pieces. They're creating, quality pieces and they're doing like really off the cuff collaborations. And I think that's something they're going to keep doing forever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. One of the ones that keeps surprising me, not that I don't like it, it but just that I never really like pay that much attention to it, but I always, I cons consistently see them doing more and ending up on lists like this is human made. Mm -hmm. No, that's Pharrell. And, uh, who's, who's in it? With uh, Nigo. Yeah. Nigo. Yeah. So I'm a fan of Pharrell. I actually was at, um, the glow in the dark tour that Kanye did back in the day where Pharrell or NERD was part of it and yeah. Rihanna and some other people. And I had front I row like seats. T-Pain was on that one as T -Pain well. T-Pain wasn't on it. It was, oh. uh, Lupe Fiasco, oh, Lupe Fiasco, NERD, yeah. Rihanna and Kanye. Um, but I got front row seats, um, with a friend of mine and then Pharrell got up on the speaker, like right in front of us when he was rapping and I got to fist bump him. So like, I like that dude, That's but I never really moment. have cared about yeah. his brand. Human made it. The sneakers were fine. The clothes are okay. Um, I feel like I even saw that he opened a hotel. It was on architectural digest or something oh, okay. like that. So he's been busy. He's doing good things, but totally. for some reason, every time I see that brand on these lists, I, for some reason, I just yeah. wonder why it's there for sure. Like he's he's definitely a tastemaker. Like he's definitely kind of like one of my goats musically for sure. Yeah. Um, and just stylistically, like he's always been, you know, really ahead of the curve, but, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Like human made has a lot of really cool cut and sew processes that they're doing, but, um, I just feel like, I don't know. It's it, if they started releasing like a bunch of blanks, I'd probably be down. Cause like, that's definitely a bit more right. my vibe is just like yeah. super monochrome, not really too much like graphic going on. Um, but I mean, it's good work. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that would be a cool direction for them because he also, isn't he also involved in billionaire boys club? Yeah. Is like, like ice cream boys. I mean, ice cream, I think is ice cream back. Cause it was defunct for like, I think they're connected. Like, yeah. BBC yeah, yeah. And ice cream are like kind of the same. Those thing. were definitely two of his things, but I think, I don't think ice cream has been around for like a while. I have like a vintage ice cream shirt that I, I feel like Dang. I should like, unironically just start wearing again should have worn it today. yeah exactly cool well yeah i think uh it was a cool list it's always nice to see who's in the in the center of the public eye and how that aligns to what we're consuming and stuff like that but totally we'll see what happens next year
Well, that's all for today. Now that we've wet your palate, go eat something more substantial. Cheers. Cheers.